your short track racing connection. Broadcasting from the Fireside Beverage Studios, this is the Turn 4 Podcast. Look for us every Tuesday where all major podcasts are found. Like us on Facebook at Turn 4 Podcast. And now, DJ and Zach, take it away. Green, green, green. All right, this week's guest, Pearl Dewey. Pearl, how's it going, buddy? How are you, Pearl? I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> it's great to be here. After many weeks of trying to get this together, we're finally here. I try to stay out of sight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do a pretty good job of that, Pearl. You do very well at that. Yeah, it took us a while to get a hold of you, but thanks to, uh, thanks to Barbara and Evelyn, we're, we're here, so we're really excited about this, as is everybody else. So let's, uh, let's just jump right into it, Pearl. What year did you start uh, racing? Do you remember? I don't remember what year it was, but I was 29 years old. 29. So 1963 is what that, that piece of paper in, your, in that other room said, was you started racing in 1963. Pretty close, honey. <laughs> Pretty close. So, again, the paper in there, people can't see, but um, his daughter Evelyn just showed us a room with some pictures, some posters, yeah. all kinds of other stuff. So, it said you raced from 1963 until 2003. You retired at the age of 70 in 2003. I would say it was a little later than that. You think it was later than that? You think you raced some time after that? Because I know, again, I know you got inducted into the Claremont Hall of Fame in 2003, but you think you ran a couple more years after that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I like that. So... So what did you, was the first car you really, what were they called back in 1963? Because they weren't modified, so was it just like the A division, or what were they called back then? I think it was just one class to begin with. Did you start at Claremont, or were you down at Manadnock? Uh, Claremont. You started right at Claremont? Manadnock wasn't there then. Oh, no, okay. Oh, so you you started at Claremont. Do you remember what uh, kind of car you drove first, your first ever car? Plymouth Cope. Plymouth Coupe. Was it fast, Pearl? Well, it had a flathead six-cylinder straight inline Chrysler motor in it. Okay. And it would at least compete with the Ford flatheads that were stock. Nice. Most, stock, most Fords weren't stock. But <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. That's very true. Okay. So, did you know all along that you were going to race for as long as you did? No, just one year at a time. It was one year at a time. Were you hooked the very first time after racing? Probably was hooked before that. <laughs> before that? Well, you were telling us a story about how you had a racetrack at your house when you were younger. Yeah. What, um, can you tell that story again? That's a great story. I was just a track around the field, about two-tenths of a mile. We have three, four cars, and sometimes we could get up to high 40 miles an hour. 40 miles an so hour. So was it just you and a couple of friends that would go out there and kind of just race around it at that point? Yes. That's awesome. Did you beat and bang and do all that fun stuff? Most of the time, it's just one car. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. so just doing laps around by yourself or whatever? Yeah. Okay. That's great, though. One thing I shouldn't tell you, but I probably will. Okay. One of the cars we had, the gas, the gas tank was a two-gallon oil can on the floor in the front seat. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not, whoa. Not hooked down. Really? Right beside the battery. That doesn't sound safe, Pearl. <laughs> not recommended. <laughs> <laughs> not recommended. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, so you, so you get started cool. in 63 at Claremont. What was the, what was your first number you ever ran? Was the 240 the first number or you said oh. the four? So the four, was that already on the car? So you just kept it and ran it or was there significance behind the four? That wasn't my car. I was just working with somebody and we took turns driving it. Okay, yeah. So he picked four and you just kind of had to run it because it was already... I think that was on the car when he got it. (laughs) Okay, so just pretty simple, just that. And then, um, again, you kind of just told us in there. So then you switched to the 240 when you bought your your own (laughs) or when you were by yourself at that point? Yeah. And the two four, where did the 240 come from? It was a car that I bought and had 240 on it and had 240 cubic inches. So you just kept the 240 and then it lasted for 40 years at that point. Close. <laughs> so, I love it. Uh, so you, you get the 240. Was it your plan to keep the 240 the whole time? Or did you ever dabble with changing your number at all? I guess I just stuck with it. Just stuck with it. I like it. Okay, consistency. I had a little trouble with it some of the time. Yep. On the old style of keeping score, you couldn't keep up with the three-digit three digit numbers. <laughs> right. I mean, were, th- were three-digit numbers common back then? When you first started, they were, right, Pearl? Quite a few, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because you don't see a lot of three digits anymore, if any. I mean, I can't think of any three digits. I think I've seen some maybe on television or something, but- Maybe, maybe, yeah. Locally, though, I don't think we have any three-digit numbers anymore. Um, maybe right. Yeah. It'd just be Templeton. Oh, right. Yeah, we have one uh, pure stock driver who has three digits, 640. 671. 671. Does that number ring a bell to you? Do you remember who it was? Jerry Bly, I think. Nate Bly. Nate Bly. Jerry was a 617. Yeah. So DJ... His grandfather is Jerry Bly. Jerry's my grandfather. Yep. So you raced against him for quite a long time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, we were both racing quite a long time before we were racing each other. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Did you enjoy racing with Jerry and Nate? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got any good stories? Only one I can think of isn't very good, but... <laughs> well, let's hear it anyways. Yeah, Jerry... Didn't get his steering wheel hooked on quite far enough, and the steering wheel came off. His steering wheel came off in the middle of a race? Yeah. Whoa. That's crazy. Has that ever happened to you? Did no. that ever? No. Well, of course, a long time to begin with, the steering wheels didn't come off anyway. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. So when do, when do steering wheels start to come off? Like uh, around what time? I can only give you a wild guess on that. Okay, okay. Probably halfway through my career. Halfway through? It's probably late 70s, early 80s, somewhere around there. Somewhere around there, I would yeah. think. Yeah. Okay. So how, lo- how long did you keep that first car, that first 240 that you had? How many seasons do you remember running that? A couple of years? Was it just the one and then you upgraded? Or how long did you run that one for? Two, three, five years. Yep. And then... At what point do you start racing modifieds? Was it at some point in the late 70s, mid 70s that it was officially called modifieds at that point? We ran Sportsman for a while. Yep. About the only difference is the motor size. Just allowed bigger motors in the modifieds and you were in the Sportsman? Yep. So when, when did you make the step up to the bigger motor? Another wild guess. Okay. <laughs> 80. 
1980, somewhere around there. Yeah. Okay. Did you did you work on your own cars, Pearl? I was it. You were it. You were the only one working on your car. Some of the time, quite a lot of the time. Okay. There's not a whole lot of guys like that left either. That's no. great. Did were you mechanically inclined even as a kid? Must have been. Yeah, you must have been. Yeah, you must. Have been. <laughs> That's a great answer. That's a great answer. Okay. Do you have any? Uh, so one of the stories that I was told by one of our friends was one of our friends was at the races when he was younger and you had broken a belt on your car and you took the belt off of your truck, your truck that towed your car there and put it on your car. True or not true? I don't remember. You don't remember? <laughs> okay. Okay. I was kind of hoping that would be true because that's a great story. Well, I did lose a belt. Bell steering belt right at the start of the race. Drove 35 laps and out of the trailer fighting the power steering. Oof. You drove 35 laps and no power steering, huh? That's impressive. Well, it's a whole lot worse than no power steering because yeah. you got to fight the power steering. Right. That's true. Apex Racing, located at 972 West Swansea Road in Swansea, New Hampshire, is now open and ready to assist you. Keep them in mind when the time comes for all your parts and accessory needs for your upcoming race season. Need help setting up and maintaining your car? Their in-house staff will be there to help you out with those needs as well. Last but not least, they will have the NHSTRA modified rides available for rent on a weekly basis. Apex Racing, we'll see you in Victory Lane. Do you have any uh, any um, fond memories of racing? Any good stories? We're story guys. We love good racing stories. Oh, Buddy Bardwell is one. What about Buddy Bardwell? Maybe he doesn't want it advertised, but <laughs> <laughs> he told about one year when he needed some tires, so his helper went out trying. This is back on the running road tires. Yep. His helper went out trying out tires and took the spares. <laughs> Really? Another one is, no, I guess this is helper. So I paid him a order from Sears. When the, Sears, when the season was over, he told the buddy to let him take it. When they came to get it, he hadn't made the payments. Oh, that's rough. What about, um, so the story goes, um, there was a caution or a red flag. Everybody had stopped on the front stretch. And something had happened, and you went right up and over. It was a wreck. A wreck. The wreck. DJ can tell the story better. I don't the, remember. The wreck off of turn four. At Claremont. At Claremont. You went up and over Jerry, correct? Les Mardinus. You went up. Les Mardinus went over him, or you went over Les Mardinus? Went over Les Mardinus. You did? Yeah, he told me afterwards he checked my car for oil leaks when I went over. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember, so you remember that happening? Oh, yeah. Was it scary? It happens so quick, you don't have time to get scared. Well, that's a good point. That's fair. That's a good point. Were, were, you, uh, were you upset knowing that you had to fix all that yourself? You better not let it bother you too bad, or you better get out of the business. Ah, short-term memory. You got to have that to be a racer, you think? It helps. Yeah, <laughs> definitely helps for sure. Definitely helps. Okay, so we get to about, when do we switch from the first car? When do you buy your second car? 
in the 70s? Early 70s? Early 70s, you think? I think it must have been before that. Before that. Late 60s then, because you started in 63, so you thought maybe five years you ran that first car, so probably 67, 68, somewhere around there, you're thinking? Well, that plumber, it was my car. I think I ran that for five years, and then I didn't do much of anything for five years, and I did it every year for many years. Yep. Okay. Do you have a favorite car? Yeah, I think that four. The four? You like the four? What about the four did you like? The coupe. The coupe? The coupe style? Yeah. I love that picture. You, I don't know if you have it in your room, but I saw a picture of that coupe, I think on Facebook. Could be. Was the one that I saw. So you like the looks of that coupe? Any coupe. Any Any coupe. coupe. Oh, that's a good answer. You got any stories with that coupe? Nothing very exciting. No. Okay. All right. Well, of course, a stiff hitch back then. What does that mean? I tow it behind the car right on the wheels on the ground. Really? Without a, without any driver on it. So you didn't have to have a trailer? No, I didn't hardly anybody have a trailer then. Really? So you hooked it on to another truck just... On the back of your car, you basically took, yeah, he took like a piece, something solid, hooked it to the race car, hooked it to the back of your car, and then you just went to the racetrack. Oh. Wow. It was one time I broke an axle or something and had stopped several times on the way home to push the wheel back on. <laughs> <laughs> so when, do you, when did you get your first trailer? How far into your race career did you get your first trailer? Four or five years or not quite that long? One out, huh? More than that. Yeah, I made it. You made your first trailer? Out of what? Do you remember? I had iron pipe for the axle. Spindles from an 80 Osmobile. Got some more iron pipe. Ramp. No ramp was oak boards. So you were quite a ways into your race career at that point when you got your first trailer. Then you were probably 10, 12 years in. Doesn't sound right, but it doesn't anything else. It doesn't sound any better. So. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, so did you enjoy racing Claremont? Best place ever, right? Best place you ever ran. What What did you like so much about it? The setup, for one thing. The setup? What you know, the beaches on the hill, track down the hole, pits up where you, where you could watch. It's it's a great setup, for sure. It's a great facility. It beats Daytona. You think it beats Daytona? For me, it does. Uh, listen, as a short track guy, through my heart, I, I, I do too. I'm, I'm not a... I'm not a big, big track guy. I'm a short track guy. Got my picture taken in the window circle at Daytona, though. Did you? Yeah, I was out sightseeing. I had a chance to go in and look around, and when I was at it, I got my picture taken. <laughs> nice. First person I showed it to wanted to know where the big crowd was. <laughs> <laughs> you said they, you must have said they were so excited they just ju- were jumping out of their seats trying to get onto the, to the racetrack, right? Must be. Yeah, must be, right? See, That's funny. Well, they were, they were the sports cars were practicing that. Okay. What impressed me about them was it sounded like they were going fast, but it didn't look it. Oh, because the track is so big? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't, even on TV, I don't know if you watch uh, NASCAR or anything on TV, but at those big tracks, it doesn't really look like they're going 200. Not by a long ways. Yeah. But I got a movie of me. Looks like I'm going about 20 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. 
So you so you you ran Claremont, you ran Monadnock. Did you run any any other tracks over your career? Canaan. You went up to Canaan yet? Oh, what do you think about Canaan? Enough to really get an opinion. Oh, okay. It's definitely different. It was different. Yes, it was. Yeah. It really broke my heart when they sold Canaan. It's not a racetrack anymore. Well, I guess technically it is, it is but it's a road course now. That's racing. Yeah. It is racing. It is racing. That's true. So did you ever get out towards like Hudson or up to White Mountains or anything like that or just... I went over to Star, I think I was once. Star, yep. Only track I ever got stuck in the mud on a black top track. <laughs> what was that, Star? Did would, did you go off the backstretch or turn one? In the field. In, into the infield and got stuck? No, I didn't get stuck, but... I clay stayed on the tire, so I couldn't go for about three laps. Yeah. So, so Pearl, I know you raced asphalt, but did you did you ever race Claremont when it was dirt? Yes. You did. Which did you prefer, Claremont dirt or Claremont asphalt? I prefer drive on dirt and watch on black. I prefer to watch on dirt and drive on blacktop. Okay. I love dirt as well. I love watching dirt um, race. I love watching any racing, but there's something about dirt that just seems a little more grassroots to me. How how did you fare on dirt when you raced at Claremont? Nothing great. I didn't know what I was doing then anyway. <laughs> well, did anybody, to be fair, did anybody really know what they were doing? Well, most of them had a lot more experience, so they yeah. knew better than I did. Yeah. But did you learn over time? Lots of time. <laughs> there, yeah, there is lots of time. That's very true. Um, one, one experiment I tried, this is at Manadnock. Okay. I swapping tires around, tried to improve things. And, but it's a bad, I had trouble keeping it going straight on the straightaway. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> okay. Is that, is that, was, was that kind of your plan, just to go in and... Have fun. Have fun. That that's what was your plan. Everybody says you were a uh, super clean driver and you were super respected um, as a driver. Did did that help you? You think? Didn't even know it. You didn't even know it. That's just the way you were. You were just being you. Okay, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. I like that. Did you have any rivalries? Probably not. Nothing that sticks out. What? Nothing that sticks out. No rivalries that stick out in your head. Not now. Probably where is the time? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. When did do we know when Claremont went from dirt to asphalt? About what year? Seventy uh, one. Was it seventy? Seventy one. Seventy two. Seventy three. Somewhere right around there. Probably. Yeah, that sounds Because Monadnock, Monadnock went asphalt first, and then I believe Claremont followed him the following year, if I remember correctly from the stories I've heard. Yep. I didn't pay much attention to Monadnock at that time. At that time, yeah. But yeah, that's what I've heard, is that Monadnock went asphalt first, and then Claremont kind of followed suit to make sure that all the cars could still run both and be whatever, so. Okay. Yeah, no, that didn't work. It did not, did it? <laughs> did you find that tough as a racer? Split between the two tracks, or did you not go down to Monadnock much? Didn't go to Monadnock. You didn't go to Monadnock, okay. Well. I went there to watch when it was still dirt. Sat on the number four corner, and I had to hold the hand up 
front of your face, keep the stones off. Oh, yeah, that's true. For the love of... Why won't you start? Lawn care got you down? Equipment never wants to start? Not enough time to visit the racetrack? Let the professionals at Belanger Lawn Care solve your problem. We offer full yard care services from weed trimming, mowing, mulching, fertilizing, and more. Belanger Lawn Care. Servicing the greater Claremont and surrounding areas. Give us a call today at 603-542-6945. You can also visit us on the web at belangerlawncare.com. So... Pearl, I, uh, I had, I've had the privilege of talking with Evelyn and Barbara. Um, I know a big thing in the racing community is that racing is a family sport that families can kind of do together. Did you have that aspect? Not much. No. It was just you doing your thing? I invited them to go, but they didn't want to. No interest? Uh, Barb is more than that. Oh. She, she's a nurse, and she's seen what happens on... On the other end. Okay. That makes sense. I've told quite a few people the most dangerous part of racing is to drive home afterwards. <laughs> That's a good saying. You believe that? Yes. What makes you think that? Safety equipment's main thing. You think because they're so safe? Even back when you first started driving, you think that those things were safe? Safer? Probably about equal now. Okay. The cars didn't go near as fast then either. That's a good point. That's a good <laughs> point. Okay. All right. Well, that's a fair point. So did you ever, I know you said earlier that you don't really have time to be scared behind the wheel, but did you ever get like nervous when you raced? I think probably the first time I went on the track. Yep. And then after I got back in the pits, but I think that was the end of it. That was the end of it. And then... You never, never got nervous before a race after that? Don't remember. Okay. Well, you're, you're a true racer. All right. Well, I think we should talk a little bit about um, the Hall of Fame. So for those that don't know, you're in the Claremont Hall of Fame, right? Right. You were inducted in... 2003. 2003. Did you ever expect to be inducted into the Hall of Fame at any point? No. Why? Didn't do anything spectacular. You don't think you did anything spectacular? Did you ever win a championship or anything? Never won a race. You never won a race. And you kept doing it after all those, for all those years. I figured that probably is the reason they gave me the Hall of Fame. (laughs) (laughs) Felt felt bad for never winning, so they'd give you something to hold your hat on. Dwight Jarvis one time agreed with me. I did better than he did for the money I spent. Well, that's kind of your legacy around Claremont is how we heard about you was you were the one that also had to outrun money sometimes. You had to find ways to make things work when, you know, the the finances weren't there. Yes, that's true enough. Yeah. Was that something you enjoyed doing or do you wish you kind of had that, that money? I know. I enjoyed doing it better. You did. Yeah, you know, if you get into money, then you're apt to have sponsors, and then you've got to keep the sponsors happy. Yep. They only had to make me happy. It's a good way to look at it, though. Yeah. All you had to worry about was yourself and having fun, and that was it, and that was the end of the day. So you truly enjoyed, you just enjoyed racing. That's why you went, and you kept doing it. I suspect it's more the anticipation than it was the races. Really? Well, you have a lot more time to anticipate than you do to do it. <laughs> That's also very true. I never really thought about it like that. So you think the anticipation was 
the excitement of going to the track was worth it. Yes. Wow. This this is That's very a good way exciting. to put it though. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So you get inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2003. Um, who do you remember who inducted you? If I'm going to put it into one person, I would guess it's Sherry Fleury. Was it Sherry at that time? I think so. Okay. Did you have to make a big speech in front of people? No. No. Wouldn't have been worth it if I had. <laughs> oh come on! I bet you got some great stories. That you probably could have shared, right? All right. Dark stories in a small group, but yeah, not making a speech that don't work. Yeah, that's true. Did you get like a, a a plaque or anything when you got inducted into the Hall of Fame? No, my name put on the plaque, but I didn't get it. You never got your plaque. No, there's one that has everybody on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. So it's one shared plaque of all the. Hall of Fame inductees. I think maybe it's the last one. Yeah, because you... It was, it was the last year they had modified. Weekly. Yeah. Yeah. They kept the modified out. Yep. Middle of the next year, you had to ask us back. Really? Do you remember why they kicked you out? Modified to dying. That's what they said. How did you feel at the time? Obviously, I wouldn't agree with them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Well, what made them think that modifieds were dying, though? Car count was getting lower, maybe all over the country. But he found right off quick that he couldn't. Claremont couldn't run without him. Did they have what was the substitute? Probably late models or something. Pro stock. Pro stocks. Yeah, because they get rid of they get rid of pro stocks like oh four. I think is what Josh said. Oh three, oh four, something like that. So right. would have been about the same time. Then I think they bumped down to late models there for a little while, and then like he said. Uh, I think it was what the next season they asked you guys like halfway through the year to come back and then they had them for a while and then they got rid of them again and then they brought them back as the crate cars and everything else so when when they got rid of the mods did you go down to Manadnock at that point to race or is that when you kind of got all done well that was when i got when i Manadnock for a couple of years probably more than that you think so do you do you remember when your last race actually was no no we'll have to find well, that well yes oh you do the last one was at Canaan your last modified ride was at Canaan yeah okay in which car <laughs> the last one <laughs> the Cavalier with a coach body on it oh I love that picture of that car with the coach with the the square coach body right did you did you build that? No, I was. I saw it in the picture. Probably I did. Yeah. But when I just built for somebody, Lebanon Valley. Okay. The dirt track, yep. Okay. And Terry Reynolds, I think it was, running it at Knock and I think maybe Claremont. Okay. Last time that, no, I think the last time that they ran when he owned it. Somebody else drove it and drove it down into the woods at Manhattan. Oof. Things were a little out of shape when I got it. <laughs> I bet. I bet. So you so you get that car, you straighten it out, whatever happened, and that was the last car you ever stepped foot in? No. No. I ran that for a while. I think it was 1980, right? I that. Okay. It did have a road car frame under it. I took that out, 
put in a tube frame line to the whole works. I think the front end I put in it was two by four frame. The rest of the frame was two by three. Okay. Got that pretty well along. Ray Legio wanted me to have a better car, so he kind of chief engineered, built a whole new Okay. Chevette body on it to begin with. And you enjoyed that? Yeah, it's a, a better car to drive, but I still like the looks of the coupe. Yeah, it's hard to beat the looks of that coupe, for sure. Okay. So you get inducted into the Hall of Fame. You said you raced for a couple years after you were inducted into the Hall of Fame? I think so. Yeah. Um, what made you step away from racing? The rules. The rules. What about the rules? I'd built up a good engine that could compete with the modified. They dumped the engines. Oh, was that when they made them go to crates? Maybe. Maybe it's just... Or was that the built motors and it was just really big motors at that point, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you stepped away just because of the rules. Yeah. Getting him thinking probably 05, 06, 07, somewhere in that time frame you're thinking? Could be. Yeah. All right, guys, listen up. Stop calling and bugging your friends because let me be honest with you, nobody wants to help move your Instead, you need to be calling Martell and Wade Hauling LLC. They are serving New England and the entire East Coast for all of your hauling needs. They have open and enclosed trailers to help you move your cars, trucks, SUVs, ATVs, campers, boats, UTVs. I could keep going on and on. If it has wheels, they will move it. They will also gladly take any junk cars and would love to give you a quote for your hauling needs. Visit them today at nhhaulers.com. That is nhhaulers.com. All right, so we go into the Hall of Fame. We step away from racing. What's life been like outside of racing? Do you ever get back to the track at all? It was a while. I wasn't pretty regular. You were regular? I got to the point where if I wasn't involved, I lost interest. Okay. That's fair. Were you going in the pits when you got all done? Were you still going in the pits and walking around and trying to... I haven't been to stand for a hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, we're... The very first time I go on racing, I think it was safer in the pits and twice in the stands. When you first started? You think so? No catch fence, no nothing like that, right? Cans and bottles flying. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. They put, it, put an end to the bulls. Pretty quick. That's it. And that, I guess, straightened out that problem. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So you remember Claremont in its heyday where there were a lot of people there. But you were also there to kind of see the fans kind of dwindle from the packed grandstands, right? Is that fair to say? Oh, when they kicked the modified out, it took a big drop all of a sudden. Right. And never got them back. Yeah, that's fair. So you think that kicking the modifieds out definitely affected the the fan? In the, in the short run, definitely. Okay. What about in the long run? I don't know. I don't pay that much attention to the stands. Yeah, true, true. 
Did you get down to the track at all this year? I think in the last three or four years, I've been once. Yep. Well, I would love to. I would love to get you back down uh, for a modified. They just announced at Claremont that there's an open modified uh, show. When is it again? Memorial Day weekend next Memorial year. Memorial Day weekend. They're running an open modified show. I think the people would love to see Pearl Dewey there. Probably feel people on it. Well, I'm one of those people for sure. Okay. I'll have to see what the virus is up to. Yeah, that's very true. That's that very is true. fair. It's a good point. That's a good point. So life kind of just, you're out here in Vermont. This is a beautiful setup you have out here, by the way. This is a great spot. What do you what do you do with your time now? Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you have any hobbies or anything? Yeah, I work in the garden a little. Oh, what do you have in the garden right now? Well, right nothing now, right probably, now. Yeah, probably not much. Frosted weeds. <laughs> <laughs> what about in the summertime? Just fall before I started working on it. Somebody else is doing it. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, what are you what are you uh, best at growing? I love tomatoes. So I have a bunch That's of That's the main reason for having a garden. For tomatoes, you're saying? Yeah, I agree. Do you, is, that, is that your plan, to grow tomatoes? Probably. Yeah. There's nothing like a fresh tomato, I don't think. Oh, I went to a class one time. Later in the class was trying to promote saving your own seeds. She had four tomatoes and bounced them off the desk like a rubber ball. She said that the food factories all they care about something looks good in the store the seed companies are of course they're interested in them so they make the seeds look right. good in the store no matter what they taste like that's very true that's very true well do you watch uh do you watch any racing at all yeah you do what what type do you watch nascar yeah mostly but i would hunt the front is one i watch quite a lot lately we were just talking on the about right that. up here. I watch Hunt the Front every day. That's how I start my morning. I watch the new episode of Hunt the Front. Well, when they post, um, did you see they were just down? Uh, they were down in East Georgia. Have you watched the new one? It's kind of off and on. Okay. Sometimes I know it's ancient history, and I don't even notice it. Yeah, yeah. Well, they have a really good one. They actually got uh, they got taken out. They got dumped in a big money race down in East Georgia. It's a big, big controversy right now. Did you ever get dumped? Did you ever get taken out while you were racing? I got shoved into the infield. By who? Les. Les? Les Mardanus? No. More recent than that. Les Hinckley? Yes. <laughs> really? Apparently he couldn't get by, so he... He didn't gain anything because when he came around the next he did it right in front of the flag stand. Yeah. When he came around the next time, the black flag was waiting for him. As it should have been. A lot more times than it does happen. True. That's very true. Did was there like a was there like a racing code when you raced about guys race racers race each other clean? I don't remember anything official. But between you and the other drivers? Like the, uh, the unwritten rules. Yeah, were there any unwritten rules? Probably the only ones that I knew about the ones I had for myself. What were those? Good sportsmanship. That's a key one. 
Well, we we just saw that you have a uh, sportsmanship award in your room. Do you remember what year you got that and what you got that for? Well, I know you got it for good sportsmanship, but do you remember what year? No. You don't remember what year? So you, why do you think you ended up getting that good sportsmanship award? I'm a man a good sport. <laughs> Come on, you knew that was coming. Yeah, that's true. I kind of teed you up there. What What did you do, though, on, out on the racetrack that made you a good sport, you think? Don't bang on everybody. Don't take them out. Don't take them out, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's a that's a good... We, we deal with that sometimes, especially with some of... I shouldn't say especially, but some of the guys that are just racing for other people, they're kind of tough on the equipment. If they don't have to fix it yourself, it's easier. <laughs> yep. If it's not coming out of your wallet and your time, it's really easy to drive that thing however you want. Yep. So my only question is, so were you all, was the car always blue? Because that's, again, that's that's vivid, like, in my mind, was always the blue 240. What other colors did you run over the years, Pearl? The one maroon. You had a maroon one? Yeah, the original 240 was maroon. No kidding. Well, the F4 was black and white. Did you just like the blue in the later half of your career? Is that why you just went with it, or was the there... Blue was always better. Blue was always better. <laughs> Didn't know if you're gonna tell me you just like bought six gallons one year and it just lasted forever, so it just kept going to the blue. Well, the most recent paint job on it, somebody gave me some auto body paint and I mixed three of them together, and that's what I came up with. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a good story. I like that. Now, did you have you had to paint it yourself, right? With actual paint. Once I had uh, one of my neighbors is. Doing auto body in his garage. He painted that one. Well, the, the, this car was built new. He painted it. Aside from that, it's me. Nice. Oh, yes, yeah, so it was a red car. It was a red but, car. But it turned blue. Then it turned blue? How did it turn blue? A paint sprayer. Well, <laughs> well no, come on, man. Yeah, I teed you up there, too. That's twice. Okay. All right. So, one of the other questions that we got from actually a fan was they wanted to know what you thought the state of racing was today and if you liked the state of racing today or not. I liked the racing best back when I first started on if you spent $10 a week, you'd gone overboard. Got most of our parts from a junkyard. Ran tires, you couldn't run on the road. More fun and less investment. Well, I say, because you kind of, you really spanned both sides of it, because towards the second half of your career, it was racing slicks and big motors and race gas, and you had to spend a pretty amount of, you know, a pretty penny to be fairly competitive in the modifieds at the end of your career. So again, you kind of still doesn't. I said you kind of got along with what you got. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, now the, towards the end of your career, did you ever go out to like a Troyer or like that and buy a modified, or did you always buy used stuff off of somebody else? I got a Troyer front clip, second hand. Yeah, and modified it. Did you? Yeah. Not all intentionally, but. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when I went over, Las Martinez came down on the corner, moved that corner of the front end up, 
I think it's up four, sideways four inches and up four. Two, something like that. Yeah. Got a frame straightened in, I wouldn't even touch it. Really? Had to cut everything in pieces and put it back together. No jig. So no jig. Just right in your garage at home. Wood floor. With a wood floor? Yeah, I jacked the car up and set it on race wheels. I had one piece of two by three tubing for one side of the jig and a two by four for the other side. Some of the things I did on that project, I didn't know whether I was right or not. But must have been close because it handled better afterwards than it did before. Sometimes they say that wreck will just make it turn a heck of a lot better at some point. <laughs> a Kirby Monty, that car one time they said it wasn't working good and they, for some reason they cut the back bumper off and fouled it up. Yeah. So, so again, you, you had to have raced against Kirby at, throughout your career. Yeah. Again, you raced against my grandfather, Jerry, and Nate. Who are some of the other guys that you notably remember racing against again? Dwight, uh, Peter, probably, Jarvis. Sonny Rabideau. Yeah. Buddy Bradwell and his boys. Yeah. Ted Brown. Ted had the reputation of being pretty rough, but I was looking for a part one time and asked him, and he said that, he didn't have it, but I could sure have it if he did have it. What the problem was, everybody was running Ford rear ends, and I was running a Chevy. One of the bearings for the universal joint disappeared. Hmm. There was a lot more of them. Walt Brown, Punky Karen. Punky Karen. There's another legend, too, yeah. Did you, you, have, any, uh, you have any stories with Punky or Kirby Monteith? He, the mountain man, they called him too, right? Sounds familiar. I'd forgotten that. Yeah, the mountain man, Kirby Monteith, I believe is what his nickname was, right? Yep. Did you have a nickname, Pearl? What? Did you have a nickname when you raced? No. No. Pearl was good enough. Yeah. Hey, you didn't have enough people pay attention. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, what about... Uh, what about Punky? Do you have any stories with Punky at all? I believe he's the one that I figured to take a fellow landing car and got more out of it than anybody else got. Really? How so? Talent. He was talented. Punky was a talented driver. That's very true. So you so you like the state of racing as it is right now? I think I liked it about a way back. Yeah. You think it's just gotten too out of hand as far as cost to race? That's part of it. Yeah. What's the well, other part? I'm, I'm old-fashioned. I don't like change. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can agree with you on that. I can sympathize with that. Well, do you have any uh, any favorite drivers right now? Kimmy. No, I'm not. Kimmy Rivet. Yeah. We had her on the podcast uh, back in the spring. Back in the spring. Okay, you like Kimmy? Anybody else? I was gonna say Wade Cole, but a little late for him. Yeah, yeah, he's passed away at this point. Yeah, surprised me when I found that out. Was they were announcing a memorial race for him down country somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. I didn't know that he was popular enough or big enough to. Well, I think that's how we felt about Rusty Ball, too. Yes. When Rusty passed away, that was kind of a big blow to us, too. It was a shock, yeah. Yeah. Did you you race with Rusty, I'm assuming? Yes. Yeah, for quite a while. Yeah, for a while, right? Yeah, quite a long while. Yeah, quite a long while, actually. 
Any fond memories with uh, with Rusty? But apart from him, yeah, I got a little cozy with him one time. Well, that's when I went over the top of Madison Valentinus. Bounced off Rusty's car before I went over it. Really? Oh, boy. That must have made for an interesting conversation while you were buying parts. I don't know if it did any damage to his car. Oh, okay. Dad left his car, took the roof off of his car. <laughs> yeah, that's the story we heard. That's that's pretty crazy that that happened. Oh, there's one other one rusted. He still got the picture of it in his shop. I don't remember my details, so it was a bunch of cars piled up. Somebody asked me if I was there that night. I said, there's my bumper. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Didn't anybody have a bumper like mine? What was unique about your bumper? Made out of drive shafts. Really? You had a bumper made out of drive shafts? What made you want to do that? I had them. <laughs> okay. I love that your your exam. I mean, your explanations are very simple. I thought it was going to be some big explanation, but you had them. That's awesome. I'd make a guess that they probably weigh about the same. Don't Probably. Just had spare parts. That's how you did it. It was the first car I drove with. Working on it one time out in the yard. Sonny Rabideau stopped and we were putting on a channel iron back bumper on it. He told us to keep the welder going. He'd keep on beating us. He did. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's a good story. Well, Pearl, this was, this was, thank you for having us here. This is great. Before we sign off and before we go, I want to know, do you have a favorite race memory that you have? It can be from anywhere at any point. Yes, it's just racing in general. Just right. You loved it that much. Yep. That's, that's a, that is a great answer, I think. Yeah. Uh, thank you for having us, Pearl. Glad to. Is there any parting words you want to give the people? I listen to this. Don't think of anything. I'll think of it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair. That's how I work too. All right. Well, thank you. Hopefully, Pearl, hopefully we get to see you uh, at the track at next the year. track next year. Well, the number one thing you need to do with that is get rid of this COVID. <laughs> hey. We'd love we, to start. Yeah, we'd love to start that. However we do that, that's, we got to figure, we got to figure that out. But, um, Thank you for having us, Pearl. Thank you for being flexible. I appreciate you letting us in your home. And uh, yeah. this was this was a fantastic thing. I'm very excited that we got to talk to you. If anybody wants to buy a race car, I've got more or less of two of them for sale. All right. Where are they? Are they out in the barn out there? No. Where are they? <laughs> Watch, bro. Oh. Okay. All right. I think some people may take you up on <laughs> Somebody that. Somebody might go looking for those. Are they Are they your old cars? <laughs> One of them's the coach. Really? You're selling the coach? Well, it's pretty well scattered around right now. It's hard to be a work project. Yeah, yeah. But that'd be great. I bet you somebody will probably, uh, somebody might take you up on that offer. Somebody might. I would love to see that thing restored. So I'd like to do it, but I don't have ambition enough anymore. <laughs> right, right. Cool. 
All right. Well, if we know anybody that's in the uh, in the market for race cars, we'll send them your way. How's that sound? Good. All right. Hey, thanks, Pearl. Thank you, Pearl. Yep. We'd like to take a moment and thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Turn 4 Podcast. Have a question, comment, or query? We would love to hear from you. Reach out to us today at our Facebook page, Turn 4 Podcast. And until next week, we'll see you at the racetrack.